Chapter Two of an Essay in Character, appended to In Flanders Fields and Other Poems. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. An Essay in Character by Andrew MacPhail. Chapter Two with the guns part two and here follow some general observations upon the experience northern france may the tenth nineteen fifteen we got here to refit and rest this morning at four having marched last night at ten the general impression in my mind is of a nightmare we have been in the most bitter of fights for seventeen days and seventeen nights none of us have had our clothes off nor our boots even except occasionally in all that time while i was awake gunfire and rifle fire never ceased for sixty seconds and it was sticking to our utmost by a weak line all but ready to break knowing nothing of what was going on and depressed by reports of anxious infantry the men and the divisions are worthy of all praise that can be given it did not end in four days when many of our infantry were taken out it kept on at fever heat till yesterday this of course is the second battle of ypres or the battle of the isere i do not know which at one time we were down to seven guns but those guns were smoking at every joint the gunners using cloth to handle the breech levers because of the heat we had three batteries in action with four guns added from the other units our casualties were half the number of men in the firing line the horse lines and the wagon lines farther back suffered less but the brigade list has gone far higher than any artillery normal i know one brigade r a that was in the mons retreat and had about the same i have done what fell to hand my clothes boots kit and dugout at various times were sadly bloody two of our batteries are reduced to two officers each we have had constant accurate shell-fire but we have given back no less and behind it all was the constant background of the sights of the dead the wounded the maimed and a terrible anxiety lest the line should give way during all this time we have been behind french troops and only helping our own people by oblique fire when necessary our horses have suffered heavily too bonfire had a light wound from a piece of shell it is healing and the dear old fellow is very fit had my first ride for seventeen days last night we never saw horses but with the wagons bringing up the ammunition when fire was hottest they had to come two miles on a road terribly swept and they did it magnificently but how tired we are weary in body and wearier in mind none of our men went off their heads but men in units near by did 
and no wonder france may the twelfth nineteen fifteen i am glad you had your mind at rest by the rumour that we were in reserve what newspaper work the poor old artillery never gets any mention and the whole show is the infantry it may interest you to note on your map a spot on the west bank of the canal a mile and a half north of ypres as the scene of our labours there can be no harm in saying so now that we are out of it the unit was the most advanced of all the allies guns by a good deal except one french battery which stayed in a position yet more advanced for two days and then had to be taken out i think it may be said that we saw the show from the soup to the coffee france may the seventeenth nineteen fifteen the farther we get away from ypres the more we learn of the enormous power the germans put in to push us over lord only knows how many men they had and how many they lost i wish i could embody on paper some of the varied sensations of that seventeen days all the gunners down this way passed us all sorts of kudos over it our guns those behind us from which we had to dodge occasional prematures have a peculiar bang sound added to the sharp crack of discharge the french seventy five has a sharp wood-block chop sound and the shell goes over with a peculiar whine not unlike a cat but beginning with a n thus nyow the big fellows three thousand yards or more behind sounded exactly like our own but the flash came three or four seconds before the sound of the german shells the field guns come with a great velocity no warning just whiz bang white smoke nearly always air bursts the next size probably five inch howitzers have a perceptible time of approach an increasing whine and a great burst on the percussion dirt in all directions and even if a shell hit on the front of the canal bank and one were on the back of the bank five eight or ten seconds later one would hear a belated whirr and curved pieces of shell would light probably parabolic curves or boomerangs these shells have a great back kick from the field gun shrapnel we got nothing behind the shell all the pieces go forward from the howitzers the danger is almost as great behind as in front if they burst on percussion then the large shrapnel air burst have a double explosion as if a giant shook a wet sail for two flaps first a dark green burst of smoke then a lighter yellow burst goes out from the centre forwards i do not understand the why of it then the ten-inch shells a deliberate whirring course a deafening explosion black smoke and earth seventy or eighty feet in the air these always burst on percussion the constant noise of our own guns is really worse on the nerves than the shell 
there is the deafening noise and the constant whirr of shells going overhead the earth shakes with every nearby gun and every close shell i think i may safely enclose a cross-section of our position the left is the front a slope down of twenty feet in one hundred yards to the canal a high row of trees on each bank then a short forty yards slope up to the summit of the trench where the brain of the outfit was then a telephone wired slope and on the sharp slope the dugouts including my own the nondescript affair on the low slope is the gun position behind it the men's shelter pits behind my dugout was a rapid small stream on its far bank a row of pollard willows then thirty yards of field then a road with two parallel rows of high trees behind this again several hundred yards of fields to cross before the main gun positions are reached more often fire came from three-quarters left and because our ridge died away there was a low spot over which they could come pretty dangerously the road thirty yards behind us was a nightmare to me i saw all the tragedies of war enacted there a wagon or a bunch of horses or a stray man or a couple of men would get there just in time for a shell one would see the absolute knockout and the obviously lightly wounded crawling off on hands and knees or worse yet at night one would hear the tragedy that hoarse scream or the man's moan all our wagons had to come there one every half hour in smart action be emptied and the ammunition carried over by hand do you wonder that the road got on our nerves on this road too was the house where we took our meals it was hit several times windows all blown in by nearby shells but one end remained for us seventeen days of hades at the end of the first day if anyone had told us we had to spend seventeen days there we would have folded our hands and said it could not be done on the fifteenth day we got orders to go out but that was countermanded in two hours to the last we could scarcely believe we were actually to get out the real audacity of the position was its safety the germans knew to a foot where we were i think i told you of some of the you must stick it out messages we got from our french general they put it up to us it is a wonder to me that we slept when and how we did if we had not slept and eaten as well as possible we could not have lasted and while we were doing this the london office of a canadian newspaper cabled home canadian artillery in reserve such is fame thursday may the twenty seventh nineteen fifteen day cloudy and chilly we wore our greatcoats most of the afternoon and looked for bits of sunlight to get warm about two o'clock the heavy guns gave us a regular blacksmithing every time we fired 
we drew a perfect hornet's nest about our heads while attending to a casualty a shell broke through both sides of the trench front and back about twelve feet away the zigzag of the trench was between it and us and we escaped from my bunk the moon looks down at me and the wind whistles along the trench like a corridor as the trenches run in all directions they catch the wind however it blows so one is always sure of a good draught we have not had our clothes off since last saturday and there is no near prospect of getting them off friday may the twenty eighth nineteen fifteen warmer this morning and sunny a quiet morning as far as we were concerned one battery fired twenty rounds and the rest sat tight newspapers which arrive show that up to may the seventh the canadian public has made no guess at the extent of the battle of ypres the canadian papers seem to have lost interest in it after the first four days this regardless of the fact that the artillery numerically a quarter of the division was in all the time one correspondent writes from the canadian rest camp and never mentions ypres others say they hear heavy bombarding which appears to come from armentieres a few strokes will complete the picture wednesday april the twenty ninth nineteen fifteen this date was edited at a later time stating this should read wednesday april the twenty eighth this morning is the sixth day of this fight it has been constant except that we got a good chance to sleep for the last two nights our men have fought beyond praise canadian soldiers have set a standard for themselves which will keep posterity busy to surpass and the war office published that the four point one guns captured were canadian they were not the division has not lost a gun so far by capture we will make a good job of it if we can may the first nineteen fifteen this is the ninth day that we have stuck to the ridge and the batteries have fought with a steadiness which is beyond all praise if i could say what our casualties in men guns and horses were you would see at a glance it has been a hot corner but we have given better than we got for the german casualties from this front have been largely from artillery except for the french attack of yesterday and the day before when they advanced appreciably on our left the front however just here remains where it was and the artillery fire is very heavy i think as heavy here as on any part of the line with the exception of certain crossroads which are the particular object of fire the first four days the anxiety was wearing for we did not know at what minute the german army corps would come for us we lie out in support of the french troops entirely and are working with them since that time evidently great reinforcements have come in and now we have a most formidable force of artillery to turn on them fortunately 
the weather has been good the days are hot and summer-like yesterday in the press of bad smells i got a whiff of a hedgerow in bloom the birds perch on the trees over our heads and twitter away as if there was nothing to worry about bonfire is still well i do hope he gets through all right flanders march the thirtieth nineteen fifteen the brigade is actually in twelve different places the ammunition column and the horse and wagon lines are back and my corporal visits them every day i attend the gun lines any casualty is reported by telephone and i go to it the wounded and sick stay where they are till dark when the field ambulances go over certain grounds and collect a good deal of suffering is entailed by the delay till night but it is useless for vehicles to go on the roads within fifteen hundred yards of the trenches they are willing enough to go most of the trench injuries are of the head and therefore there is a high proportion of killed in the daily warfare as opposed to an attack our canadian plots fill up rapidly and here is one last note to his mother on the eve of the battle of ypres i was indebted to you for a letter which said take good care of my son jack but i would not have you unmindful that sometimes when we save we lose i have that last happy phrase to thank often when i had to go out over the areas that were being shelled it came into my mind i would shoulder the box and go to it at this time the canadian division was moving south to take its share in the events that happened in the la bassie sector here is the record tuesday june the first nineteen fifteen one and a half miles northeast of festubert near la bassie last night a fifteen-pounder and a four-inch howitzer fired at intervals of five minutes from eight till four most of them within five hundred or six hundred yards a very tiresome procedure much of it is on registered roads in the morning i walked out to les Tourets, to the wagon lines got bonfire and rode to the headquarters at vandan les a little village a mile past Bethunay. left the horse at the lines and walked back again an unfortunate shell in the first killed a sergeant and wounded two men thanks to the strong emplacements the rest of the crew escaped in the evening went around the batteries and said good-bye we stood by while they laid away the sergeant who was killed kind hands have made two pathetic little wreaths of roses the grave under an apple tree and the moon rising over the horizon a siege lamp held for the book of the last forty-one days the guns have been in action thirty-three captain lockhart late with fort garry horse arrived to relieve me i handed over came up to the horse lines and slept in a covered wagon in a courtyard we were all sorry to part the four of us have been very intimate 
and had agreed perfectly and friendships under these circumstances are apt to be the real thing i am sorry to leave them in such a hot corner but cannot choose and must obey orders it is a great relief from strain i must admit to be out but i could wish that they all were this phase of the war lasted two months precisely and to john mccrae it must have seemed a lifetime since he went into this memorable action the events preceding the second battle of ypres received scant mention in his letters but one remains which brings into relief one of the many moves of that tumultuous time april the first nineteen fifteen we moved out in the late afternoon getting on the road a little after dark such a move is not unattended by danger for to bring horses and limbers down the roads in the shell zone in daylight renders them liable to observation aerial or otherwise more than that the roads are now beginning to be dusty and at all times there is the noise which carries far the roads are nearly all registered in their battery books so if they suspect a move it is the natural thing to loose off a few rounds however our anxiety was not borne out and we got out of the danger zone by eight thirty a not too long march in the dark and then for the last of the march a glorious full moon the houses everywhere are as dark as possible and on the roads noises but no lights one goes on by the long rows of trees that are so numerous in this country on cobblestones and country roads watching one's horse's ears wagging and seeing not much else our maps are well studied before we start and this time we are not far out of familiar territory we got to our new billet about ten quite a good farmhouse and almost at once one feels the relief of the strain of being in the shell zone i cannot say i had noticed it when there but one is distinctly relieved when out of it such then was the life in flanders fields in which the verse was born this is no mere surmise there is a letter from major-general e w b morrison c b cmg dso being companion of the order of the bath companion of the order of st michael and st george distinguished service order who commanded the brigade at the time which is quite explicit this poem general morrison writes was literally born of fire and blood during the hottest phase of the second battle of ypres my headquarters were in a trench on the top of the bank of the ypres canal and john had his dressing station in a hole dug in the foot of the bank during periods in the battle men who were shot actually rolled down the bank into his dressing station along from us a few hundred yards was the headquarters of a regiment and many times during the sixteen days of battle he and i watched them burying their dead whenever there was a lull thus the crosses row on row grew into a good-sized cemetery 
just as he describes we often heard in the mornings the lark singing high in the air between the crash of the shell and the reports of the guns in the battery just beside us i have a letter from him in which he mentions having written the poem to pass away the time between the arrival of batches of wounded and partly as an experiment with several varieties of poetic metre i have a sketch of the scene taken at the time including his dressing station and during our operations at passchendaele last november i found time to make a sketch of the scene of the crosses row on row from which he derived his inspiration the last letter from the front is dated june the first nineteen fifteen upon that day he was posted to number three general hospital at bologna and placed in charge of medicine with the rank of lieutenant colonel as of the date seventeenth of april nineteen fifteen here he remained until the day of his death on january the twenty eighth nineteen eighteen end of chapter two part two recording by steve chilvers norwich england